Hey guys, welcome back to Unpopular. A word of warning, most of today's podcast is about Russell Brand. I am going to talk about the traders, but most of it is on the Russell Brand situation and I went way longer than intended as usual. And you know, it's so funny, right? Because I'll get done recording and I'll see that I've recorded for, you know, like 50 minutes or something on like one subject. And I'm like, how did I say this much on one thing when in my mind I'm like, let's just do a tight 20 minutes and then it's like an hour later. And it's funny because like I don't talk much in real life. Like people that would know me say from like the gym or the workplace or whatever would be like, yeah, he doesn't talk to anybody. He's not social. He's kind of rude. Like I think people at my gym think that I'm so rude. Um, I don't like smile at people on the street when I go past them. I don't make chit chat with the barista. I don't talk to the checkout person. Like I just literally don't talk. And then when I'm around someone that I really like or that I'm really engaging, then I just like can't shut the fuck up. Like I send so many voice notes. I go off on the podcast just talking more. Like I I come into the podcast with like lists of topics to do. And then I only get through like one of them because I did like an hour on one thing. So I don't know what that is, but that's just who I am. Um, Some funny news. I got a message. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but it was from a podcaster that I've trashed before. And I won't tell you what I've said about them because I don't want anyone to guess who it is yet. But it's someone that I've talked shit about and they, I don't think they knew. And they were like, hey, you know, I love what you do. Um, Do you want to collaborate? And I was like, oh my God, that was a really nice message. And I thought, you know, I've got to be a real bitch here. As in, not a bitch, as in just a real fucking person here. And tell them the truth. And I responded and I said, I would actually love to collaborate. And I totally appreciate you reaching out. And that's so sweet. And you have, you know, an amazing show. And you're like really popular, et cetera, et cetera. But I was like, I've got to be real. I've talked a lot of shit about you before. (laughs) I was like, I've really... um, really dragged you, honey. And I think they're going to come on and I think it'll be funny. So I'm not going to tell you who it is, but we are organizing it. And I guess it'll probably be in the next few weeks. We have to figure out some dates, but I think it will be fun. I just didn't want to do the fake thing of like, you know, someone that has a more popular show than mine. And I've like talked shit about them and they asked to do something. I'm like, oh my God, sure. I love you so much. Like you're incredible. And then like use them to get numbers. And I'm just like fake the whole time. I'm like, you know, let me just tell you what I've said and let me just be real about it. And then if you still want to record, it'll be super fun. And I'm sure we'll probably end up being good friends. Cause it's like me being friends with Kiki. Like we always joke Kiki from talk of shame where she's like, yeah, I thought I would have hated you or we hated each other. And now we're friends. So sometimes you can not like people just based on seeing their content. And then when you like get to know them, that happens to me a lot. People like, oh, oh my God, I thought you were a right winger and you're just horrible, but you're actually like really nice. I'm like, I know I am actually nice. Anyway, I want to talk about the uh, Traders US Season 2 cast before we just rant about Russell Brand for an hour. So they've announced the cast. You guys know if you heard my episode on the Traders that I did months ago that Traders US kind of sucked. It was not great. They did like a hybrid celebrity season mixed with civilians, which was kind of confusing. The UK Traders season one, fucking masterpiece, one of the best seasons of reality television I've seen in years and years. I mean, just really 
incredible and I can't wait for them to bring it back. But now they're bringing back the Traders uh, US season two. They're doing an all celebrity cast and they have some really big names. And I think this is going to be a lot better just going all in on the celebrity thing. Um, I do not think it will be as good as the UK version because it's just produced differently. It's like UK Big Brother versus American Big Brother. Like, I know there's probably a lot of American Big Brother fans out there, but it's just fucking dumb. Like, the way they edit it, everyone, like, shouting into the camera, it's so obnoxious. Like, the UK version, I guess that's more of, like, a European thing where it's a little bit more just, like, observing human behavior and a social experiment, and the American one is like, we've got to compete to win, and, like, screaming one-liners in the camera. It's a mess. But anyway, season two uh, cast, I'm just going to go through them. Uh, I've got an Entertainment Weekly article up here. Okay, some people I don't know. So, Bergie, Bergy from Love Island, USA. Okay, good for you. He's actually not that hot. So, um, I'm thinking that he must have been the Love Island guy where it's like, oh, you know, he's not, he doesn't have a six pack, but he's really nice. He's really funny. And then, you know, people feel bad for him because the bikini models don't want to get with him. But then he probably ends up with some like nice girl. It's a big love story. I'm just assuming. CT from The Challenge, don't watch The Challenge, so I don't actually know him, but he looks kind of old, so I'm assuming he's like a challenge legend. Dan Geesling from Big Brother, I do know him. He's like a Big Brother OG, and he actually published back in the day all of these like ebooks and courses on how to get on reality TV. And I think he has a podcast and he has a How to Get on Reality TV podcast, and I bet he made a lot of fucking money on that because... Big Brother has a really young viewership and, like, the people – look, here's the thing. If you're going to be good on reality television, you don't need to read a how to get on reality TV guide because you've already got, like, the X factor. But a lot of people that actually watch reality TV – no offense because I watch it too, but they're just, like, dumb, like, basic people that just, like, would never have it. Like, the people that you see on the subreddits that are, like – attacking Gina, you know, Gina's small house. Like, I don't want to watch that. It's literally some, like, pudgy white, like, 37-year-old receptionist with a fucking cat that has come home and in her pajamas and she's eating yogurt on the couch and then is, like, watching and then making maybe a, a TikTok because now she wants to be a Bravo TikToker and then she goes on Reddit and is attacking Gina's house. Like, do you think they're going to cast her? on the fucking Real Housewives of Iowa? Like, of course not. So that's the kind of people that watch reality TV. And I think the people that watch Big Brother, it's just, like, basic ass, like, a lot of, like, uni students, like, college students and stuff. And I bet so many of them are, like, watching and going, oh, my God, I should be on Big Brother. And they're, like, buying Dan Geesling's course to, like, you know, figure out, like, the secret source to get on there. So I'm sure he cleaned up. I'm sure, like, not very many people that read his book actually got on. We have Deontay Wilder, boxer, don't know who that is. Some woman whose name I cannot pronounce for the life of me. Ekin Sue, and then, girl, it looks like, her surname looks like it's hieroglyphics. She's from Love Island, UK. So, I'm guessing that maybe they're putting some UK celebs on because they want to sell, because the Traders is like huge in the UK now, because the first season was like a sensation. So, I think that now they want to do like a bit of a crossover thing so they can like sell Traders US into the UK and get an audience. So they want to mix in some UK celebs on there. We have Janelle from Big Brother. I do know Janelle. I know she's like a huge Big Brother legend. I think they brought her back recently or they did some kind of like all-stars thing or they did Celebrity Big Brother, but she was on it. I don't know. But 
I know she's like up there as like an A-lister on Big Brother. Johnny Bananas from the challenge, I absolutely do know him, even though I don't watch the challenge, but he's like the biggest star of MTV outside of, you know, the Hills and Jersey Shore. I feel like it's the Hills and Jersey Shore, and then it's Johnny Bananas. Um, John Burkow, UK Parliament member, not sure. Maybe he's the one that tried to get Russell Brand deplatformed. Who knows? We have Kevin from Bling Empire. Bling Empire, Bling Empire is uh, one of the worst shows ever to air on Netflix. Fucking terrible. And I think I was mentioning it like last episode when I reviewed Selling the OC. I'm like, so many of these other shows want to do what Adam DeVillo does with the Selling franchise, and they can't because Adam DeVillo just has some secret sauce that makes it work. And all of these other like boring like wealth porn shows are just shit. We have Larsa Pippen from Housewives of Miami and Marcus Jordan which is, it's Michael Jordan's son or grandson, whatever, right? Anyway, the guy, I don't follow their romance that much, but I know she's, like, dating, I think it's, yeah, she's, like, she's dating this guy, and he was a teammate of Scottie Pippen, I think, so it was, Michael Jordan played with Scottie Pippen, is that right? And she's dating the son, and they put them in together, and... I'm not into this casting, sorry. I mean, I think Larsa Pippen will be funny as fuck, on the traders, but to put in this stupid um, reality TV romance storyline, I just think is a fucking mess. And they actually did do that on the UK. On the UK traders, they had a couple and their whole thing was that it was a secret. And at first they weren't telling the other people that they were in a relationship. But then on one episode, the guy blurted out and he's like, guys, guys, I, I know my girl's not the traitor because we're in a relationship. And then everyone's like, you lied to me. And they're all like, they were crying and screaming because that was just a madhouse, that show. But that show was more of a social experiment. Like I said, the way that they edit and produce the American one is, we're going to win, we're Americans. So I don't know what the point of doing this dumb romance thing on there. I would rather see this um, Marcus Jordan on The Housewives of Miami with her. Anyway, we have Sexy Maxim from Dancing with the Stars. I do not watch Dancing with the Stars, of course, because, like, who would? But I know who he is, and he's so fucking hot, and I'm looking at his press photo now, and I know that he's, like, one of the biggest Dancing with the Stars people. We have MJ from Shars of Sunset. Of course I know who she is, although, surprisingly, never watched Shars of Sunset, and... No, I'm not going to go back and watch it. I'm sure it's a really good show. I just, I don't care to watch 10 seasons of something. I just really don't. But, you know, good for her. She's still kicking. We have Parvati Shallow. Now, this is where it gets good. Parvati from Survivor. She is one of the top tier Survivor players. She actually is the one that started the blueprint in the Survivor gameplay of, like, the hot girl that flirts her way to win. But, I mean, she's not just hot. She's, like, smart and hot, which is very deadly. You know, a bit of an Amber Heard vibe going on. And I actually think that now that she's older, I mean, I assume she's probably in her early 40s now, I think she's sort of reformed and she's like, you know, I'm a yoga teacher now and I'm not like that, but... Um, this will be good because she's a Survivor legend. I believe she may have won Survivor twice, or if she hasn't won it twice, I know she's been like multiple times runner-up. So she's one of the best players. So that'll be really great because, you know, Traders is, Traders is Survivor in a castle. 
We have Peppermint from Drag Race. I don't watch Drag Race and I only know the old school queens. So, but I know, I know Peppermint's name. So I know Peppermint's like one of the bigger characters, but no idea of what her personality's like. We have Peter Weber from The Bachelor. I am a Bachelor fan. Pilot Pete. He is a dope. I mean, I think he's very good looking. The thing about Peter Weber is if you look at a picture of him, right, he doesn't look hot. You're like, oh, this, you know, who is this nerd? But he's actually Cuban, his background, and he knows how to put it on with the ladies because he's the one that fucked Hannah Brown in the windmill like three times. And when you see him with the ladies and he's in, you know, seduction mode he's like quite the casanova like he just has the moves he's that guy where you would look at and you're like nah not attracted to him and then before you know it your you know legs are in the air and he's going downtown so he has some hidden skills i don't think he'll be that entertaining on this i think probably as part of their casting now every season of the traders they'll have a bachelor person because they had ari who i love and he was really good on last season he's so hot we have phaedra from Housewives of Atlanta, clearly one of the most manipulative housewives to have ever done it. Um, You know, there is nothing off limits for her. I actually revealed some tea about her on Patreon. Oh, side note, reviewed Housewives of Salt Lake City, best show. It's so good. That's on Patreon. The Salt Lake City recaps, um, OC recaps. I even watched Southern Charm, and that is all on the Patreon, patreon.com slash unpopularjp. The link is in the bio, et cetera, et cetera. And I did actually share some Phaedra tea a few weeks ago. But anyway, um, Phaedra tea, there's no low that she won't go. Really um, a despicable person. And actually also being overused at this point by Bravo because she was on Ultimate Girls Trip, then she was on Dubai, now she's on The Traders and she's going to be on Married to Medicine. I I don't think we needed her on The Housewives of Atlanta. I actually think I would have swapped her out and put either Claudia Jordan, who would have been really, really good because she's just she's very smart and I think she's good at games like this, or, God, who else off Atlanta? I don't know. I just would not have had her on this. But I do think she's going to be really good on Married to Medicine because that's a great show and I think Phaedra will fit in very well and I think that's going to um, – give Married to Medicine, because that's been out for a long time, even though it's a high quality show, it's been out so long, like people are sort of forgetting about it. And I think that'll give it the jolt that it needs. But um, I don't think she should be on this. And I don't think she's even going to be very good. Because the thing about Phaedra is she's so fake. And she doesn't really like to show her manipulative side. So whenever you put a camera on Phaedra, she just wants to... um, eat like a strawberry in like a comical way or have a funny one-liner in her confessional. So she's going to bring comedy, but this is a show about strategizing and gameplay. So if she was going like full manipulative Phaedra Park style, that would be good. But no, I think she's going to be giving us the dog and pony clown show and I have no interest in seeing it. We have Sandra Diaz-Twine from Survivor, another Survivor legend. I think She's one survivor the most times out of anybody. She's quite the icon and, yeah, good for her. That'll be good. I mean, she's actually quite booked and busy lately because I think she came to Australia and she did Australian Survivor and, she, I don't know, she's just been around. We also have Sheree. Sheree will be funny and Sheree is like – such a clown because when you watch Housewives of Atlanta, and I love her on it, she just 
is always riding with the wrong team, as Nini said. Like, she always is on the wrong side of the feud, and it's always with whoever's about to get fired, and that's why she keeps getting fired, but then it's also like there's just something about her, then they have to keep bringing her back because she's so good, but I think she'll be flipping and flopping and floundering, and she's also good at, like, getting in an argument with people, so I think Sheree at that round table is going to really shine there as far as the gameplay goes, no. We have Tamra, hello from OC and spoiler alert, I actually knew all about this for a long time. I've got to tell you, I was very tempted to tell people on Patreon. I was busting because I was manifesting Tamra on the traders for a very, very long time. And when I found out she was doing it, I was so excited for her. And I was like, girl, you have to go on this show. You were going to fucking kill it. Like, trust me. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yes. Like <laughs> This show, I was like, girl, this show was made for you. And I know that actually before she went back to OC, she was getting some offers for certain competition shows. And I was disappointed when she didn't do those. And then she ended up going back to OC instead because I just think that She's, she'll be just so great at this. Um, although one thing I will say is that on the Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2, she was not quite the Tamra that we knew. Like, she sort of shrunk a little bit on that and she wasn't stirring the pot and she was getting a little bit overwhelmed by some of the bigger personalities like the Dorindas and stuff. But I hope her coming hot off this season of OC, where she has been like the freaking master manipulator puppet master to end all manipulators i mean the pot stirring she's doing on this season of oc is just i've never <laughs> it's like beyond anything i've ever seen on out it's so bad and it's in plain sight hiding in plain sight honey and she just keeps getting away with it i hope she brings that energy to the traders because yeah she could kill it i mean i would not be surprised if they make her a trader because She'll be so good at it. I feel like she'll be a trader for sure. How could they not pick her as one of the traders? Although she could be like, if they don't make her a trader, everyone's going to accuse her every five seconds of being a trader, especially if they watch the new season of OC. And lastly, we have uh, Trishel from Real World Las Vegas. I don't know her, but I do know that she was like the breakout star of like Real World and everyone was really excited to have her back on the show. So she's a big name. I think this is a really good cast. And when the hell does it come out? Let's see. I'm scrolling back up. Girl, whatever. It's coming out soon. I'm, well, they're filming it now, but wait. They're filming it now. And how long's the turnaround? Because I know Tamara's off filming it as we speak. Okay, I don't think it has a release date, but it'll be out soon, I'm sure. Um, who won last time? Was Did Siri win? Last. La- did she, I think Siri won. Oh, yeah, Siri won, and then Ari, like, gave her the money. That was weird. Anyway, um, yeah. Okay, so Russell Brand, where do we even start on this? There's, like, so much to this. It's weird. There's, like, so much to this, but there's also, like, not that much to it because I actually feel like it's a black and white issue of, like, is it okay to do this to somebody without criminal charges, yes or no? But I already feel like my brain is kind of imploding, trying to even talk about it. I've been gaslit and minimized i feel like trying to talk about this with normies because it's like everything now it is a partisan political culture wars issue so one side just says well it's all fake it's a fabrication he didn't do anything they made this up it's a mainstream media hit job and then the other side is like 
he's absolutely guilty and there is no agenda. And how could you even think that there is an agenda? The mainstream media doesn't do that. And of course he should be deplatformed for what he's done. And no one's like really like getting into kind of the nuance with it. So I don't want to spend a heap of time just breaking down the allegations because that's not even the issue. Like whether he's a rapist or not is actually kind of beside the point. The real issue is, is it acceptable to be demonetized and deplatformed off of anonymous allegations made about you in the media without any criminal basis? Like we don't even know who the victims are. And I actually do think that it's fairly credible, which I'm going to get to, but Does that warrant deplatforming someone and demonetizing them and, like, you know, ruining their career is what they're trying to do right now? So, full disclosure, I am subscribed to Russell Brand's YouTube channel. I agree with him on most things um, as far as politics go. Like, I would say that I align with him more than most people in the public eye. He might actually be, like, the closest person that I align with. He's not a a traditional American conservative, which I'm not either. Like, people think that I'm, like, a Republican or something. It's like, dude, I'm Australian. I hate guns. Like, I don't fit into a box politically, and I don't think that Russell Brand does either. He's very anti-establishment, which I am. He's an independent thinker. He doesn't fit in a box. He's English, so he has a lot of, like, European economic socialist views that I actually agree with. He's wary of big government. He hates mainstream media. He's open to conspiracy theories. He was against COVID mandates from the very beginning. That's how he became really popular, I think, Um in the sort of political commentary space. That's definitely how I came across him because at the start of the pandemic, you know, nobody was pushing back against this except Kim Iverson and like Russell Brand and, you know, maybe one other person, but really no one was pushing against it. And that's how I found him and was like, wow, you know, I really agree with him. Um, I also think he's like really unattractive and I can't believe that he was a huge sex symbol in the 2000s. That just shocks me. Like he repulses me. I don't think he's funny. I've never watched his movies. I would never watch his comedy shows. And actually, the reason that I do not watch all of his YouTube videos as much as I agree with his politics is that he does them in a way where he mixes his comedy in. And like, that's why they're so popular and, you know, why they've taken off because he's been smart enough to be like, okay, I'll make this accessible to everyone by like making it like funny. So you get some comedy and then you get some politics in there. I don't think it's funny. I think it's just fucking annoying. He's annoying to me. Like everything about him is actually gross to me, minus his politics. I also think he's like a raging narcissist for sure. I bet he's insufferable in real life, but I can separate all of that from the content that he provides politically, which I think is like very valuable. Um, And that's why I do follow him on, you know, all of his social media channels and stuff. I believe there's truth to the allegations. Like, you're pretty stupid to think that there's nothing there. I mean, he's pretty much admitted to it all in the past. He's like a reformed drug and sex addict. It's no secret. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of this investigation they've done with Channel 4 and the Times newspaper with their fucking Hulu-ass housewife and the Hustler documentary they've put out on him. It's like... He was hiding in plain sight. He told us he was perverted and a drug addict and a sex maniac and we didn't listen. We didn't stop him. So, you know, they're just going back and like, why didn't we stop him when we had the chance? Um, I don't want to fully dissect the allegations. Like I said, it's not really about that, but there's definitely truth to them. 
Also, with that said, they are so sensationalized as well. We're getting to Wine Mum True Crime Facebook documentary level spin on this shit. Like, I watched a special from this UK podcast called The News Agents. One of my lovely listeners, Christina, sent it to me. And, you know, I'm trying to look at all sides of this as well because I didn't want to, I don't want to be the conservatard that's like, it's all fake, like, he didn't do anything. Like, you know, I'm looking at it all. And um, I listened to this podcast and it sees, like, top-respected liberal journalists and they had one of the writers on from the Times expose on brand and it was the most fucking sneering, smug, misleading thing ever. It was, like, pissing me off listening to it, but it was also, like, kind of funny because I'm just like, wow, these people are so... I can't believe these people exist. You kind of forget because, you know, you tend to surround yourself around like-minded people and then when you're exposed to these kinds of people, it's like, ugh, these people are just fucking disgusting. Like, they opened this, it was like a podcast slash, like, they film it as well. So, it goes in podcast form and it's also, like, on YouTube and it has a lot of views. It's, like, very popular. And they open it by playing a soundbite of Russell Brand joking around sexually in 2007 with Jimmy Savile, who is like a full-blown child rapist. I mean, this guy is satanic-level pedophile. He was like raping eight-year-old children in the hospital because he was a big celebrity in the UK. I think they did a Netflix documentary on him. He would go into the children's hospitals to, like, volunteer and was, like, raping children. And they open their thing with a clip of Russell Brand and Jimmy Savile, and then they're, like, you know, gasping at it as they react. It's like, are you really going to fucking try and align Russell Brand with Jimmy Savile? Like, this to act like that is comparable of what Russell Brand has done to Jimmy Savile. And, of course, do they explicitly say they're the same? No, but that's what they're doing. Like... Again, it's like fucking misleading housewife and the hustler shit. They put that there together. So as soon as you start listing, you automatically in your mind make the connection between Jimmy fucking Savile and like Russell Brand or Seville, whatever, if I'm not pronouncing it right. But, you know, what Russell Brand did is many, many moons away from raping children in a fucking hospital. So this is the kind of stuff we're dealing with, with the spin that they're putting out. Now, the Russell Brand charges... After four years of thoroughly investigating him, they go on about what a long investigation this is. And they also, by the way, they try to act like um, this has nothing to do with his politics. We've been been investigating this for four years. Okay, so you've been investigating it for the exact amount of time that he started doing anti-establishment <laughs> politics. Got it. They're trying to, like, trick you into thinking, like, that Russell Brand only did this stuff in, like, the last year. No, it's been about five, four years now in the timeline of your investigation. Um They only found, I think, about four victims. There might be five. I think only maybe, like, one or two of those actually sort of amount to, like, real rape. Um, There were all cases where he was dating the person. So it wasn't like, you know, he snatched someone off of a footpath and raped them in the bushes. Um, I think one, one of them, they got text messages and... She was in the text messages. She's like, no means no. But I actually think it's about not using a condom. I don't think it was about actual rape. I think it was more about the condom. And then I'm not sure of the context of that in terms of like, did she know that he didn't have the condom on? Did he just pressure her to the point? Did he remove it without her knowing? I don't know. Like, I mean, I think that's shocking. I still think that's rape. Like, if somebody 
especially somebody promiscuous like him. And if I was like very firm of like, we're using a condom and then they essentially forced me to have sex without one or took it off without me knowing, girl, I would, I would be in jail on assault charges if somebody did that to me. Like people have all kinds of fucking disease. Like people are disgusting. He says he was a sex addict. Like, so, you know, that is appalling, but I do think that they took that text message and they tried to frame it to make it sound like he, you know, threw her on the kitchen floor and raped her as opposed to like a condom thing, but they're both still bad. I'm just saying, I think there was like one claim in there that actually sounded like a clear cut rape of the woman said, no, no, I don't want to do it. And he just, he raped her. So there is that. But I think, um, I think that's about as much as they have. There is a 16-year-old that he was sleeping with. I mean, that was legal in the UK. Her mother was, like, driving her to meet meet him, like, <laughs> driving her and dropping him off. The BBC apparently was, like, sending cars to get her. Now, should that law be changed? Yeah, of course. Like, a 16-year-old should not be having sex with uh, – he was 30 at the time. They keep saying 31. They're like, well, it started when he was 30, but then he turned 31 at the end, okay? Um I mean, it doesn't matter. It's one year off. Should a 16-year-old be having sex with someone in their 30s? No, not really, but it is legal. So for them to kind of like put it in there, it's that. And then, you know, the Jimmy Savile fucking clip they put in, they're almost like trying to imply like, this guy's a pedophile. It's like, "Mm, no, I don't think so. And then their kind of excuse for putting in this 16-year-old thing is like, well, the law should be changed, which I agree with. Like, I think... um, I think you should be able to have sex at 16. I mean, when I was 16, I literally moved out of home from my small town to the city and, like, got a job and was, like, living alone and working and and stuff. And then to say that, like, legally I couldn't have sex when I'm doing all that would kind of be stupid. But I don't think a 16-year-old should be having sex with a 30-year-old. I mean, I think there should be, like, a window of maybe... Um, if you're 16, you can have sex with someone above 16 in like the teen years, maybe like up until like 19 or 20. And then it's like a cutoff until you reach 18. I don't know, something like that, but whatever. They're trying to act like, well, we put this in here because the laws should be changed. But it's like, no, you actually put it in there because you want to, uh, frame Russell Brand as a pedophile, (laughs) which is clearly what you're trying to do. Um, But I think with the evidence they have, it's pretty safe to say he was definitely, like, narcissistic, womanizing, manipulating, occasional rapist, rock star, scumbag, pig. The knee-jerk reaction to just defend him as, like, a great guy that's being completely lied about is stupid. I mean, yeah, he's a scumbag. Like, conservatives were so quick to hate on Lizzo when she was accused of far less. Like, newsflash charismatic, talented rock star types like Lizzo and Russell Brand are probably shitty people in real life to varying degrees. I mean, of course, being a shitty person and then being like a rapist are two different things, but I'm just saying bad people make good art. I don't want to have to do the whole explainer of of why it's okay to still enjoy good art if it's made by bad people. I mean, I feel like that's what I had to go over constantly. Um, when I started this podcast covering Bravo things and when people would fall out freaking out of, I can't watch this person if they voted differently to me or if they had a offensive tweet from 10 years ago. I'm like, that's why they're good on the show. Like, if they didn't have racist tweets and didn't have weird voting habits and stuff, they'd be really fucking boring and you wouldn't want to watch them and you're, like, trying to shake people to explain that to them. Um 
And I do actually think that it's in the public interest to know these things. You know, I'm not, I mean, obviously this has been weaponized. I'm going to get into that, but I think it's in the public interest to know if someone is doing, potentially is a rapist, um, doing very immoral stuff. I think the public should know, and then it's the public's right to decide if they want to support him or not. And then there's a criminal element that's completely different. There's no charges so far. So there's a criminal thing, and then there's like a moral judgment. And then, you know, personally, who do you feel comfortable supporting? I know that many, many years ago, I wouldn't do this now, but in my 20s, I went through a phase where I said, I will not watch a Mel Gibson movie because he's homophobic, he's racist, he's anti-Semitic. He's a Catholic religious um, nutcase and uh, he's abusive. Like, he's he's awful. Like, I mean, I can't think of one, I can't think of one nice thing to say about him. Um, I still think those things about him. I would watch a Mel Gibson movie now. I don't care that much. But at that time, I felt like, no, he's too shitty of a person. I mean, I know a lot of people like him now because he's against, you know, like child trafficking or something, but that's the fucking group thing people have now um, of, oh my God, if they agree with me on this like one political issue that I like, then I'm going to say that they're a good person. Like you can actually separate it and go, well, this person piece of shit, but I respect that they talk about this issue that I'm passionate about, whatever. That's just common sense. I don't even need to explain that to people. Um, so, yes, I would watch a Mel Gibson movie now. Um, bad people can make good art. I still love Woody Allen films. You know, he's been accused of, uh, was it pedophilia? Yeah, he was accused of raping his own daughter. They never had evidence for it. Who knows? The jury's out on that one. I mean, Mia Farrow's such a fucking nut. And Woody Allen is kind of creepy that who fucking knows in that case. But his movies are amazing. I love them. I will still watch them. Honestly, if it came out that he was guilty of that, I would still watch his films because for me that wouldn't affect the the quality of his movies. I love R. Kelly's music. He's, like, locked up now, isn't he? He's a rapist and a pedophile. Like, he's a piece of shit. Now, I wouldn't go to an R. Kelly concert and pay money to see him in concert and support him in that way, but, like... You know, will I stream? Will I stream Ignition on Spotify? Yeah, I will. I watch Mama June and Honey Boo Boo, and I think Mama June, she basically like dated a pedophile. Like her, one of her daughters accused this guy of abusing her. Mama June took his side because she is the she has no morals whatsoever. She's the worst mother. She's like the world's worst mother. She treats her children like shit. She's a junkie. I'm actually glad that they got famous and got in the public eye because I feel like um, they would end up being one of those weird white trash child abuse cases that you end up reading about on The Sun if they hadn't been, like, thrust into the spotlight. I mean, she's just disgusting. But I watch the show. I enjoy it. We TV decided that they were comfortable enough to give her a TV show, you know, People tune in. It's on, it's about fucking eighth season now. It is what it is. Like, with Russell Brand, even if he's worse than what the allegations say, even if there's more, um, I'll still watch his content. His political content has nothing to do with his sex life at all. It's completely unrelated. I think his content is valuable enough as well to overlook his horrid personality. I would not support Jimmy Savile. I would not support Gary Glitter. I would not support the pedophile from 
Seventh Heaven, but yes, I'll watch Woody Allen movies, I'll listen to Michael Jackson. Like, we all have our own lines. We can all decide what we feel comfortable supporting. And if you don't want to support Russell Brand, don't support Russell Brand. Like, period. Um, So regardless of his character... I've been really worried and kind of alarmed that now big tech companies and government are getting involved to silence Russell Brand off of a fucking media article with anonymous victims and no criminal charges. So it started with the usual cancellation. Um, Tours are cancelled, you know, agents are dropping him, you know, he's not getting this, this TV show doesn't want him on anymore. That's the usual kind of stuff that happens if you get cancelled for, you know, anything, for a racist tweet, that happens. Um, But then I moved into YouTube demonetizing his channel, which has six and a half million followers. Then a member of UK Parliament reached out to Rumble, that is the free speech uh, video service that... He uses, I found out about Rumble during the pandemic because YouTube and other platforms were, you know, censoring things about the vaccine, which now we know is true. Like the lab leak, you couldn't talk about that. Um, You couldn't say that masks, you couldn't say that vaccines didn't stop the spread. That's all scientifically confirmed now and mainstream consensus. But at the time, you couldn't say it and you could be demonetized and banned from social media. So Rumble came out and they were like, hey, we're free speech. We'll let you show, we'll let you say whatever you want. So I was watching um, Dr. Drew and Kim Iverson and stuff over on Rumble. I've watched Russell Brand on Rumble. A member of UK Parliament wrote to Rumble and urged them to, it was either to demonetize or to deplatform Russell Brand. They're like, why are you platforming Russell Brand? Are you aware that he's been he's been accused of these serious rape allegations? Now, advertisers are pulling out of Rumble. I have to wonder if these advertisers have been privately contacted by members of the government or activist groups or me too me too groups something like that and put pressure on them to pull out so that is really scary it's terrifying and normies are like well if he's guilty like what does it matter like as if that justifies it who cares if he's guilty he could be guilty of it all and worse like he hasn't been charged with one thing yet yes there's a moral portion of that that people are entitled to know and the consumer can make up then if they feel comfortable supporting him or not but to have government and big tech coming and you know affecting his livelihood essentially like imagine if he wasn't russell brand imagine if his only stream of income is those youtube videos and the rumble platform and then He's deplatformed and demonetized without charges because a media article with anonymous women who haven't even named who they are came out. Like, that is outrageous. Why is a government official even caring if Russell Brand is platformed? I mean, there's worse going on. I'm not saying that it's not bad that he's, you know, possibly a rapist, but I mean, there's a lot worse people running around and, you know, doing terrible things. I mean, what Russell Brand did allegedly happened between like 10 to 16 years ago. He's been on a whole wellness journey now. His whole brand is I'm, you know, reformed. I'm not a sex addict. I'm married now. Oh, I mean, he's a sex addict, but he's got it under control. Married, kids, whatever. Hopefully that's true. Who knows what happens behind closed doors? Maybe he's still doing stuff. Although, I suspect that he isn't because I feel like if he was still doing things, um, that would have been in the article because they they investigated for four years. And to be honest, it is really bad to, you know, find out that he's raped someone. But you would kind of think that 
that thorough of an investigation, they would have even come out with more. You know what I mean? Like, to go really that deep and that hard on it, I'm surprised that this was all they found. And, you know, they were all in consensual relationships. It's still rape. Like, that's not justifying it. Um, is that what they call, like, marital rape? Or I'm not sure. They were He was in relationships with them all at the time. It's still rape, period. But you would think that maybe they would have found something on the more extreme end of the, of the spectrum or, like, more cases from doing such a deep and thorough investigation for so long. Um, the only way that you could argue that there is a case to demonetize Russell Brand is if the content is related to the charges. Like, if he's making videos um, going, this is how you manipulate a woman into having sex with you, then women come out, accuse him of rape, then he's charged with it, and there's, like, a police investigation, of course you could, like, totally justify demonetizing him then, but... He's making videos about, like, big tech surveillance and COVID mandates and the government spying on you, you know, Edward Snowden kind of stuff. Like, that's completely unrelated. So what does that have to do with anything to do with his charges? This is fucking shocking. This is the kind of stuff that we expect from, like, North Korea and China and the Middle East, not supposedly free Western countries. And normies and progressives acting like this is, you know, completely okay because they think he's guilty and he has the wrong politics is just fucking appalling um that's why i think it is important to defend him as shitty of a person as he is and he probably even is a rapist this has like way bigger ramifications that just go beyond whether or not russell brand can make some you know adsense bucks on a youtube video another thing that's enraged me is the theory going around now that russell brand intentionally pivoted to the right wing and pandered to conspiracy theorists because he knew the allegations were going to surface and he wanted to cultivate an audience that would stand by him this has become now a mainstream theory among um progressives and liberals and journalists you know, many normie-type left-wing people that I've seen discussing this on huge platforms are pushing this theory. It is like this implication that anybody outside of the mainstream will accept any type of abhorrent behavior from anybody as long as they agree with them politically, which, of course, like, that is a thing. But to put his whole audience in that basket is wild. It's so infuriating. Like, Russell Brand's politics now are not that far from what his politics were back in the day when he was just an outspoken left-wing Jeremy Corbyn supporter. Like, he's always been anti-establishment. He's always ridiculed and mocked the mainstream for as long as I can remember. I remember, um, like, oh, God, in the early days of, like, you know, 10 to 15 years ago with Russell Brand going on UK morning shows and being, like, outright adversarial to the journalists and, you know, tearing strips off them in interviews this has always been him and it's not a stretch that that kind of person would be against covid mandates and government surveillance which he was correct about i mean how many times do i have to fucking say that he was more right on that than these people that are calling him a conspiracy theorist bitch you're the fucking conspiracy theorist that that ran shit that was completely false like russell brand got it more right than you did you fucking cunts anyway of course there's like a level of audience capture going on with him, that's all big creators. I'm not, like, justifying it. I'm just saying, like, that's a fucking fact that everybody that hits really big in content creation has a certain level of audience capture. But no, Russell Brand has not concocted an entire fake persona and faked his political views for 
the last however many years so he could wriggle out of being Me Too. That is fucking absurd. But the thing with these normie mainstream journalists is that they cannot conceive that anybody would sincerely be outside of the norm. Like, it literally can't register in their brains. So they automatically always think, oh, that's a grift, it's fake, it's an act, they just want money. Like, they just can't get their brain to go, oh, wow, someone thinks differently than I do. Why do they feel that way? Can I understand their point of view? Which you think would be how journalists would think, that they ask questions and they try to understand you know, other people, they don't. They just think, that's fake. What I do is real. What they do is fake. That's how they look at it. So with that said, my prediction, though, is that Russell Brand is about to lean into this a lot more. He's going to lean more into this anti-mainstream thing now. I'm not saying he was fake before, but yes, he's going to lean into that a lot more to try and um, get out of this. He will strategically beat that drum I think he's already started, to be honest, but I just have a huge fucking problem with people saying his entire worldview and politics is fake. Bitch, I agree with his fucking views. I'm not faking them. Like, many of us do. A lot of us don't fucking fit into one little box. Sorry to break it to you. So, now I want to address this theory that this is kind of coordinated by the mainstream media to take down Russell Brand, because this has actually been the subject of ridicule by, like, every normie media figure and journalist out there. Like, if you say that there is an agenda to this, they scoff at you, they're so smug and condescending, they just think that you're a fucking uh, crackpot for saying that there's an agenda. I want to kind of explain to you guys how this works and how mainstream journalists think, because... This is a lot more insidious than than people understand, okay? Because you even suggest there's an agenda right now. People act like what you're saying is that you believe that these libtard reporters met Cloak and Dagger in a castle, like they're in an episode of The Traders, and they sacrificed a newborn baby, and they drank its blood in a goblet, and they were like, yes, our plan to take down Russell Brand is working. Like, they act like you're a fucking nut, which is what they did to everybody during COVID. Like, you're a normal person during COVID. You're like, oh, I don't know. This, like, vaccine seems like it came out pretty quickly. Do I need it? Like, is this going to affect my menstrual cycle? Like, you're asking, like, normal things. And all of a sudden, they are talking to you like you're a flat earther that doesn't believe in science, that thinks that there's a microchip in the vaccines. Like, the fucking pandemic gave me PTSD from all of the gaslighting because it was just constantly being treated like you were crazy for saying normal things. And you're like, no, 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 I'm not the, I'm not one of the Facebook people that thinks that lizards are giving us the vaccine to microchip us for the new world order. I just don't know if it's necessary to have a mandated medication. Like, am I allowed to choose what goes in my body? You're crazy. Like, seriously having that happen in my industry and my friendship circles and in australia where it was just like a fucking cult here i ptsd from it so i want to explain to you how journalists think so there's three types of people in journalism right there's kind of like the columnists and the talking heads they pander a lot to their audience they definitely play into the culture wars they say what will get them traction okay there's a lot of people on the left and on the right that do this, a lot of cable news hosts. They're sort of their own separate thing. Then you have the activists that do hall monitor journalism. So, like, Taylor Lorenz is a perfect perfect example of that. 
They're not objective. They're usually more on the left-wing progressive side. They drive a lot of cancel culture. They weaponize their media platforms to take down people they disagree with politically. They're completely dangerous. They're menaces to society. Like, I can't even look at Taylor Lorenz. She makes me so fucking angry. And she's been exposed so many times for, like, cutting corners with her stories and the bias and just, like, shocking journalistic practices. And nothing ever happens to her because the mainstream media is designed to promote people like her. So the rest of the journalism industry, okay? So we have the first type of person, it's just the talking head that just says things for clicks. We have the activist, which is the Taylor Lorenz. Then we have the third person, which is just the most normal conformist regular person that does not think outside the lines. They do their job. This is the majority of journalists. Like most journalists are like this that are working in the mainstream. All they consume is mainstream media because they're in it. They believe anything outside of mainstream media, just any independent news sources, definitely anything right-wing, anything anti-establishment. They just think it's grifting, conspiracy theorists. It's not credible. Oh, what do you mean they have a YouTube channel? They're not a published newspaper? That's fake. Like, that's how they look at everything, okay? And they're actually the exact same type of mindset as the conspiracy theorists because you have these conspiracy theorists that clearly are only getting all their news, you know, from a Facebook group or from alternative sources and they're not acknowledging anything in the mainstream. Really, you should be having a diet of alternative news and mainstream media news from, like, different sources. Like, that's how you're going to be the most well-informed. But the mainstream types are like that because... They ignore anything that's outside of the mainstream. They think everything that they get in the mainstream is legitimate. So very similar types of mindsets of these people, and they both hate each other, even though they're actually like very similar. Most mainstream journalists, they don't even know like the biggest voices in independent journalism, or they wouldn't know anything about their views. They get all of their news from each other. Like I always compare mainstream journalism now to the human centipede because everyone just aggregates news from each other in a big fucking circle. Everyone's shitting into each other's mouth and then like regurgitating it with their own spin. That's how it works. And these people, they don't actually mean any harm. Like someone like a Taylor Lorenz, these activist types, they're actually out there consciously trying to fucking destroy people. The normie journalists are not doing that. I just know so many of them and they're just like doing their job, clocking in. They're just reading all the same sources. They can't help being in a bubble. And then if you're someone like me that does have views that are outside the norm, you just find a way to make do in that system and you don't push it because you know how the system works. Like these mainstream people, like normie journalists, if I even sent them something like breaking points, which is so popular. It's pretty much like the most popular independent news show now. They're pretty fucking normal and they do they do a really good job. But if I even sent that to like a lot of normal journalists, they would think that's weird. They'll be like, oh my God, what? It's on YouTube? Like they just wouldn't get it. Like they will not look at anything outside of the usual outlets, all of them, like New York Times, Washington Post, Fox, CNN, Daily Mail, New York Post, um, The Times, they only respect other mainstream outlets. They're so tapped into the old media world 
And they also kind of see themselves as arbiters of truth because they have in their mind, they're like, well, I have a normal, respectable job at this newspaper and we still have ethics and guidelines to follow. And there's all these grifters out here making up lies on YouTube for the gullible masses. Like, that's how they think, okay? They are programmed to distrust anything that is outside of their little bubble. So they don't need to do a trader-style plot in, you know, someone's basement of taking down Russell Brand. All it takes is, like, an investigative journalist. Look, I don't know the um, the objective of the Russell Brand piece was. Did it come from, like, a Taylor Lorenz type who just hates his politics, so she started up a, you know, me-tooing of him? Or is this literally just a female journalist who's genuinely concerned for women and wants to expose male predators, which I get. I mean, hello, apparently it was this open secret of him. I can understand that could have come from like a genuine place of just wanting to like report the facts on this. But all it takes is that one kind of person to break the story. Then the normie journalists that make up most of the industry, they are automatically programmed to go with that because in their eyes, it's like, well, of course, Russell Brand is a kook. He's on YouTube. He says vaccine mandates are bad. He says the mainstream media is corrupt. He must be crazy. They are primed to view somebody like that as a grifting, lying crank right off the jump. So... They believe in his guilt straight away. They convince themselves that deplatforming and demonetizing him is completely fine and justifiable. They are so unfamiliar as well with alternative media that they can't even really like make an informed judgment on who in that world is sort of credible and who isn't because it's like if you follow alternative media, it's so vast and varied and filled with so many different kinds of people, and some of them are total frauds, some of them are the real deal, some of them are kind of in the middle. I mean, it's sort of like going through mainstream media, right? Finding people you trust, but to the normie journalists, they're all crazy. Like, you just got to throw them all in the same basket. And that is why they are in the career that they are in, okay? That's why they're a mainstream journalist in the first place, and they're not Russell Brand, because if you think outside the lines, like you're not really going to work as a mainstream journalist. And the few people that do, like myself, they find a way to make it work. I write trashy tabloid stuff like this 52-year-old grandmother is now making thousands on OnlyFans as an AI model. Like I like that stuff. It's fun. It works in the mainstream. I don't feel like I'm morally corrupted doing it. I would never go into the mainstream media um doing anything political, it's, you know, it's too much drama. I just wouldn't want to go down that that route. And um, if you are outside of the mainstream, you usually find somewhere to exist in the alternative media. But most people are just normal people clocking in, doing their fucking jobs, and that's why they get into high positions in the media. I mean, it's all in the fucking Noam Chomsky book, Manufacturing Consent. Like, that sums it up. Like, that's how media works, and that's why we're seeing the reaction we are from everyone to Russell Brand. This is why they never did any self-reflection on the vaccine, by the way, because it's kind of like, like, what I saw during that scarred me forever. Like, the conformity and group thing, I always knew that it was out there, but to, like, actually see it happening in, like, real time and then to have people in the industry like myself that are, like, you know, whispering in the shadows of, like, this is crazy. Like, why is nobody asking any questions? Like, why is this agenda being pushed? Like, 
It was fucking insane. And people have this notion sometimes of journalists being, like, credible people that are, like, truth seekers and they're adversarial to, like, government powers. They're not. They print out government press releases. They're slaves to algorithms and clickbait. And there are political activists masquerading as fucking reporters, okay? So this, like, news agents podcast I listened to that I was telling you about before with all these so-called, you know, respectable, credible, high-up English journalists, like, they kept referring to Russell Brand's audience as, like, a cult and anti-vax conspiracists. It's like, he was more right than you were, like, and you still call us crazy, like, and they think that even if you were right on it, it was a fluke. It's not because you were looking at, like, multiple different sources and getting, like, information from different places. You're just a fucking crackpot that accidentally stumbled on it because, whatever, a broken clock is right once a day. Like, they will never do any kind of self-reflection ever, ever, never. And I'm just so sick of being mocked and treated like a tinfoil hat fucking conspiracy theorist. And people acting like you are so you're so stupid and crazy to think there would be any agenda against Russell Brand. Yes, it is. It's just very insidious. It's not a fucking trader style thing. It's just the people that are in these institutions are programmed to fucking behave like that's why they have the jobs that they have. They're fucking lemmings. They're sheep. And now where we are in this Russell Brand situation, we're up to the clickbait stage, okay? Because it's a hot story, every outlet is chasing traffic, so they are digging up every interview he's ever done. Oh, he put his hand on somebody's leg in this 2012 interview. He told a raunchy joke about sexual assault at a 2015 comedy special and then they're turning it into front page news. That's not a political agenda. That's not journalists getting together going, let's take him down. That's actually just people chasing clicks. Like that's what the media is. You're all fighting for traffic. It's a hot story. I mean, I do that in my job. There's stuff that I personally don't agree with, but my job is not to be like, do I agree with this or do I not? My job is like, get fucking traffic obviously don't write fake news sometimes i'll think like you know i don't agree with this but that you know someone said something and it's going to generate a lot of interest and clicks and that might be not something that i'm agreeing with but you know i've got to do it sometimes you know that's my fucking job um and when these things gather enough steam like it can result in deplatforming which i believe they are trying to do with russell brand i think they're in the early stages of that they did this to Milo Yiannopoulos, who, by the way, I personally hate. I think he's disgusting. I think he's absolutely a grifter. He is someone that is legitimately just a grifter. I think he will say anything or do anything for money. I think he's mentally ill. But he did not deserve to get banned from Twitter when he did. If you guys remember when he got pulled from Twitter, he was, like, super, super influential on Twitter. And they yanked him off the platform because they basically said that he... Um, sent his followers after Leslie Jones from Ghostbusters and that it was a mass uh, racial attack. I thought that was bullshit. I thought they just wanted an excuse to get him off Twitter. And then it worked. And then they said he was a pedophile. He endorsed pedophilia, which he did make some pretty sketchy comments. But I think I understood where he was coming from. And I think they put it in the worst possible light that they could. And they used that to just have him deplatformed from everything and then every single social media site banned him. It was unfair. Um, you know, he's not a pedophile. And I'm not crying a river over him being deplatformed because I do think that what he added to the mainstream was really of no benefit. 
I mean, actually, I think at the start he actually did have some good points because I think he was one of the first people to actually um, blow a hole in some of uh, some of the li- the mainstream leftist lies we had been told. But of course, the audience capture comes in, the thirst for money, you start just saying anything. And personally, I'm glad that he's gone. And I think if he had a more mainstream platform, I think he would be sort of dangerous, but I also don't think he should be deplatformed. I think it was I think it was fake and I think he was targeted for wrong thing and for saying the wrong thing politically. Um they did it to Alex Jones. I to be honest don't comment on the Alex Jones things too much just because I haven't examined the whole case and the, you know the whole Sandy Hook thing. You, you guys know what happened. They said that he like profited off of going after the, t- telling lies about the Sandy Hook shooting and I've always suspected that it was definitely part of deplatforming him because then they put him with this insane lawsuit. I can't remember what it was. It's hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to, like, bankrupt him uh, and completely blacklist him. And my antenna has always been raised about that one, but I actually don't talk about it that much because I'm like, mm, I, I just would really want to get into that fucking case just to really know because, look, he could have... Yeah, he could have intentionally done something really bad that justifies it, but I do find it hard to justify a complete deplatforming of somebody and just expelling them from the public square. Like, maybe the lawsuit, but then still, he should still have a platform, you know? Like, I think, I think it's, I, I just don't think you should be deplatforming people for the most part. I mean, they did it to Trump on Twitter. That was crazy. I've said this before about Trump. I believe the majority of the claims about him, I think he's completely corrupt. I think he's a threat to democracy. I also think the Democrats are a threat to democracy, like they both are. They rig their fucking primaries. They're disgusting. Um, They make up lies all the time. Hillary Clinton went on a fucking four-year book tour that Trump's presidency was illegitimate and was, you know, the the Russians installed him as president. It's just nuts. We know what they did to Julian Assange, um, Jeremy Corbyn. They smeared the shit out of him when he was getting traction politically. Bernie Sanders, Democrats rigged their own fucking primaries, did a hit job on him. Remember Elizabeth Warren uh, making up that fucking lie about him saying women can't win elections? Like, it's a fucking disgrace what they do. So, it always goes against one side. Like, we are not crazy for saying that there could be an agenda against Russell Brand because you've done it so many fucking times, but it never goes against anyone that's fucking like just in the mainstream and isn't a threat. Anybody that's a threat or is saying something that they don't want people to say, then suddenly they're able to fucking yank them off the internet and come out with claims of they're a rapist, they're a pedophile, and the whole lemmings in the fucking media amplify it till it gets steam and then they're completely silenced it's bullshit so at the end of the day like if you want to support him support him if you don't if you think oh my god i would never listen to someone that's been accused of rape don't listen to him then you don't have to listen to him you might think his politics is fucking ridiculous too well don't listen to it if you think his views are crackpot conspiracies go Go watch, I don't know, whoever, fucking see Rachel Maddow. That's fine. Rachel Maddow has a big platform. You can listen to her. You can listen to anyone you fucking want. Um, And if you do want to support him, I think that it is worth subscribing to all of his channels, even if you're like, oh, I don't know if I like his content that much, but go follow him on Rumble and YouTube and everywhere else. Just, I think, to show the mainstream that, like, they cannot continue to 
fucking pick and choose who's allowed to have a voice and who does not. And if it comes down to him being found guilty criminally of these things, here's my last view on that. Of course, while he's, you know, if he goes to jail for it, and it seems to be a legitimate investigation, which I would be skeptical of, of course I'll be open to it because I assume that he probably is a rapist, to be honest. But if they put him up on charges, I'll definitely be looking into it, like the Julian Assange thing, which was pretty much a crock of shit. Like, I would be keeping an eye on that one. But if it looks, like, pretty legitimate and it seems like a fair case and he goes to jail for, you know, rape for however long, then obviously demonetize him and stuff while he's locked up. But then when he gets out, he's allowed to have a platform if he's fucking served his time. Jen Shah can have a platform. She makes me sick and I don't I don't think she should be on Bravo when she gets back. One, because of what she's done and because of the standard that Bravo set with firing everybody that, you know, has offensive posts and Facebook posts and, um, you know, all of the whatever. Everyone's apparently a racist on Bravo, so they're all fired. So if that's their standard, then you can't have a fucking criminal back on. But technically, does she deserve to have a platform? Not deserve, but should she be able to have a platform and profit in any way she wants, yeah. If you want to fucking subscribe to the Jen Shah OnlyFans or the Jen Shah mailing list, or you want to watch her on The Housewives or her new reality show, Jen Shah is free from prison and, uh, you know, making a new life. Girl, you're allowed to, okay? If she's, she's done a fucking time, she's been punished. The punishment should have been longer, but it is what it is. That's the justice system. And yeah. All right, guys, thanks for listening. That should be the last I talk about Russell Brand. I think I've said it all. There's nothing else to say on Russell Brand. Let's hope that I don't need to touch this again. And it's done. Um, Yeah, thanks for listening. Patreon link is in the show notes. If you want to support Unpopular, wait, patreon.com slash unpopularjp and you know, support the show. Support free speech so they don't me to me as well and uh, give me money on Patreon. And yeah, leave me a nice review if you can. Share the pod and I will see you all next episode. Thanks, guys.